This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. A video of the talk is also available along with more downloads on our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk. If you'd like to join us in person, our talks take place at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Now, we've read the first epistle of John, or a portion of it anyway, and surely we can understand from that passage the importance of love in the Scriptures. Love towards God and love towards one another, our own brethren and sisters. Did you notice how many times the word love occurred in our reading? And, and so we could say that love is really writ large in the Scriptures of Truth, Certainly it's true in the epistles of John and John had a special affinity of course with the Lord Jesus Christ. So scriptural love is of the highest level and often it is tough love. Just like a father disciplines his child to help him or her develop as a helpful member of society. And yet the Bible is so much more than that as we shall see. Uh, than a, a book of love it's the very word of the creator and sustainer of this earth which declares in it which he declares himself his purpose that one day the earth will be full of the glory of God as, as a much better place God's promises that the earth will be filled he says with the knowledge of of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea that's how he writes through the prophet Habakkuk and you ask the question who of God's creation has the capacity for knowledge it is of course man's man the pinnacle of God's creation but developed as God wants through constant influence of his word the scriptures of truth the bible so we've got a de definition and purpose of the bible all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so at the very least, the Bible is a handbook for life, for a good and fulfilling life, guided by, of course, its godly influ influence that uh, permeates through the scriptures of truth. And behind this definition on the screen is the mercy, the compassion, the love of God as he seeks men and women to give him glory through, his individual, through their individual characters developed through the constant influence of the word of the Bible. But it's not a wishy-washy love. It goes far and far and away deeper. It's rooted in the means of God's salvation for dying man the sacrifice of God's only Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the term that Jesus uses to describe his love to others is that there is no greater love, though so there is no greater love uh, that he gave his life for his friends. Uh, and God wants men and women to avail themselves of his salvation from eternal death. And we read these words, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins, as we read from a more modern translation. 
And so the Apostle Peter says, The Lord God is not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That word perish, of course, is a very extreme word in, in our language. <coughs> God desires all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. But it's all on God's terms. He's not willing, of course, that any should perish to cease to exist. But you see, repentance is the key. Changing one's mindset to develop the way that God wants us to. To try to give, not, to, not to give in to our human tendencies, our human nature with all its pressures. To exercise our potential for good by copying the character of the Lord Jesus Christ and of course in consequence of course the character of God to follow the Lord Jesus Christ is his challenge to all and God's character is cited a number of times in scripture that, that he is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love forgiving iniquity and transgression but he will by no means clear the guilty he does therefore make judgment but often he delays his judgment as the quotation continues, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. That is, giving every chance often to repent, often up to the fourth generation. God does judge. Obedience is a condition of his love, his love towards each and every one of us. Now the first time that any word is used in scripture it tends to set the tone of its meaning and you may be surprised to find the context of love in relation to the scriptures. Love the first time that is mentioned in scripture is in relation to a sacrifice. And here on the screen we've got the sacrifice of Isaac by Abraham. Here is the intended, because it was never completed, here was the intended sacrifice of Isaac, the promised son through whom important messages have been sent to uh, Abraham. Both of them, Isaac and Abraham, notable characters in scripture. And God was testing Abraham's faith and it came through as it were loud and clear. Just look at the em emphasis on the screen. Your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. You see, Abraham was going to experience something of how hard it was for God to willingly give his only son, his only begotten son, for the redemption of mankind after Adam and Eve's failure and sin. Abraham had faith in what he had been promised by God. Uh, and promises are mentioned from this platform from time to time on various other occasions. That faith was accounted to him as righteousness. In short, his sins were forgiven, his sins were overlooked, with God seeing him as righteous without sin. And the consequential God-given gift is eternal life for himself and others who have the same faith of Abraham in God's salvation. So what does the scripture say, says the Apostle Paul? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteous. The writer of Hebrews adds this comment on his sacrifice. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, 
offered up Isaac and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son of whom it was said through Isaac shall your offspring be named he considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead from which figuratively speaking he did receive him back and so you see the Bible speaks of the resurrection of faithful men and women just as Christ was raised and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is the base of all our beliefs and so sure was Abraham on the concept of uh, resurrection that he in an incident in Genesis when he was going towards the Mount Moriah where he was to sacrifice the uh, Isaac sees Abraham saying to his servants something that's hardly noticed stay here with the donkey says to his servants I and the boy will go over there and worship and he adds and will come again to you so the experience of Abraham and Isaac who also had faith Isaac also had the same faith as Abraham and he, as he was consenting to this situation and so much more to that well known quotation in John 3 verse 16 God's lo God loves people for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in the order that the world might be saved through him and saved from what? saved from eternal death and the word perish is so strongly suggestive of no longer existing so when did death come into the world? it came with the disobedience of Adam and Eve as already intimated they were told not to partake of the tree of knowledge of good and evil with a warning that if they did this they would die and that surely what that would mean to them the reality of death would of course be made clear to them scripture tells us what happened that they did not believe God but rather they believed what was a lie scripture tells us concisely that the wages of sin is death but it also tells us the other side of this, the coin but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord and so God was true to his word and man became a dying creature just like the beasts of perish but imagine if sinful mankind were to live forever well it doesn't bear thinking about we see so much evil in the world even today how much more if evil men were able to live forever it was the love of God that could tail the life of any man but also it was God's love to supply a solution to this problem that we have this solution and we have this solution of course on the screen whoever believes in him that is the late saying the Lord Jesus Christ is not condemned but whosoever does not believe in is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of, of the only son of God and this is judgment so God talks about judgment the light has come into the world and the people love the darkness rather than the light because of their works were evil for everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works be exposed you see in this quotation God's love is conditional so many in Christendom consider God as a God of love in a shallow romanticized way without considering the balance of scripture when it talks about the goodness and the severity of God 
Christendom's perception of God is therefore out of balance. And Paul, writing to the Roman Ecclesia, calls us to note the kindness and the severity of God, severity to all those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you. And it's conditional again, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you too would be cut off, says the Apostle Paul. And so, God makes it clear that it's not salvation at any cost. We have to respond to God's overtures of love, of mercy, and never forgetting truth. God's love for his people was always conditional on their following his commandments. So it's the same for we Gentiles. And within this well-known passage is the fact that God's mercy, his love, if you prefer, is indeed conditional. Doing the right things with a sound belief in the salvation centred in the Lord Jesus Christ. And clearly, from this screen, God is a God of judgment. But he is so responsive to those who repent and turn their lives around. What is seldom thought of when the people in isolation quote John 3.16 is its background. Its background in the Old Testament. Because Jesus says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of God, Son of Man, be lifted up. Now what's all that about? Well, we've got to go back, of course, to the book of Numbers. The judgment on the children of Israel for moaning and groaning, speaking against God and, and Moses, and questioning the care of God towards them. In judgment, then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the people died. And the people pleaded for a solution. And God responded with a replica of what was, had, had bitten them. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if the serpent built, bit, bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. You imagine the situation in the, the children of Israel in their tents. In terrible pain with this um, situation. Dying those that remain in the back of their tents just would die but those who crawl perhaps to the length of their tent to open the, the, the tent door and look at the serpent the servant, they would live and so this incident is telling us really to look at the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ in truth and in belief then we would not suffer eternal death so God has grace towards sinners None is barred from his grace and favour. But, but while we were still weak, we're told, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps it's for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love to us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us for our benefit. And his death with an atoning sacrifice was an atoning sacrifice and remember God gave his only son through the love he has for all mankind Jesus became a representative most certainly not a substitute for if that, if that were the case it would portray God as a, as a vengeful, vengeful God which he is not though of course he does make judgment the God of Israel and the God of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ is the God of love and he is a God of compassion. Now we mentioned the love of God towards mankind 
in giving his son but what does God love to, what does God love to see in you or in me so the prophet Micah declares these words he has told you O man what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God Deuteronomy says the same thing and now Israel what does the Lord require of you but to fear the Lord your God to walk in all his ways to love him to serve him to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and to keep the commandments and the statutes of the Lord which I am commanding you today and it is for our own good Proverbs tells us that the way, the way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord but he loves him who pursues righteousness there is an actual phrase in the New Testament which is backed by the used by the Apostle Paul but backed of course by the generosity of the children of Israel when they supplied all the needs for the tabernacle and of course also for Solomon's temple in that he, he says that God loves a cheerful giver and yes it's in the context of a collection for the saints in Jerusalem but it also can mean the giving of time, the giving of care and of love. It also pleases God. I'd like you to open your Bibles now at um, Matthew 25, if you would. Oh, we see a practical illustration uh, of, of this situation of, uh, of how we should love one another. Matthew 25. So Jesus emphasizes that, that very important consideration that we need to help others and love others in a practical way. So in verse 31 of chapter 25. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels are with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats and she will set the sheep on his right hand and put the goats on the left then shall the king say unto them on the right hand come ye blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world for I was hungered and ye gave me meat I was thirsty and ye gave me drink I was a stranger and ye took me in naked and ye clothed me I was sick and ye visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee? All thirsty and go gave you a drink. When saw we ye thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, insomuch ye have done it unto the least of these my brethren ye have done it to me and the counter of course to this record uh, and lack of practical care warrants no commendation but warrants of course judgment now when a lawyer came to the Lord Jesus Christ to question him as to what was the greatest of the commandments what was his reply Jesus replied and was the prime example to follow and he said to him you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind this is the great commandment 
and the second is like unto it you shall love your neighbour as yourself on these two commandments depend all the law and all the prophets so loving God for his plan of salvation is so important and to reciprocate his love towards us but equally important as Jesus says is to love one another so important that the apostle James calls it the royal law if you really fulfill the royal law he says according to the scripture you shall love your neighbour as yourself you are doing well and the apostle John who talks so much about the question of love and tells us he that does not love his brethren abides in death so loving God and one another as you can see is the principal thing here's a definition of love love is patient and kind love does not envy or boast it's not arrogant or rude does not insist on its own ways not irritable or resentful it does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth love bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things love never ends indeed love is a principle that runs right the way through scripture and the Apostle Paul in his uh, chapter says that prophecies will come to fulfilment. What is known about God's kingdom will be written down, of course, and known by others through the word of the Bible. But something else is, which is constant and is going to remain even to this day. And so he ends this chapter here in Corinthians with these words. So now faith, hope and love abide. These three. But the greatest of these is love. But how should this love be exercised? Of course it's got to be exercised in daily living. Doing to others as you would be done by, to quote from that uh, Victorian novel, The Water Babies. Probably itself influenced by the words of the Lord Jesus Christ when he says, as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. And true, true religion is defined for us, to visit the orphans and visitors in their affliction. Af 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 affliction and to keep yourself unstained from the world the apostle Paul cites a long list of ungodly influences and practices as he does on a number of occasions the list of what he terms as the works of the flesh carnal man's exploits Paul makes his statement I warn you that as I warn you before that those who do such things these carnal things these things of the flesh the, all the, the list that we don't need to go into now I warn you as I warn you before that those who do such things do not inherit the kingdom of God and then he goes on to cite things that God wants to see in those who love him defined in this chapter as spirit godly attributes we call these the fruits of the spirit love, joy, peace, patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness self-control against such things there is no more law and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires if we live by the spirit let us also keep in step with the spirit and so we've got a challenge from the Lord Jesus Christ himself as the father has loved me so have I loved you abide in my love if and that's the word of condition if there's plenty of ifs in the scripture that we have to abide by if you keep my commandments you will abide in my love 
just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be, may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And greater love, greater love, had no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. And you are my friends, conditional word again, if you do not do what I command you. To abide in the love of Christ is also to abide also in the love of God. To be part of God's family, to receive the, the hope through God's grace of everlasting life. And love is a commandment of Jesus. A new command I give you, love one another. He's emphasising it all the time. As I have loved you and so you must love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you do love one another. And Philippians says, make my joy complete by being like-minded, says Paul, having the same love, being of one spirit, of one mind. <coughs> In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as the Lord Jesus Christ. And the commandment to love one another lifts human relationships to a higher level it also brings with it contentment in a, in a unity that Paul calls one, one spirit and in mind in exercising Christ's commandments you are well on the way to having his, this mindset yet the Bible has a message of love for God remember so loved the world when in its pages there are so much more but always there is God's appeal to repentance for he does not want any to perish but wants you and I to be part of his divine plan of salvation. So I leave you with a challenge. God speaks to us through his love letter the Bible. And it's therefore our responsibility and our challenge. Therefore we must read it and respond. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, videos, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk